There is no life worth living without Jesus Christ. A Christless life is a charade of vanity, an exercise in empty and futile foolishness. And on the deathbed, the Christless man realizes the day of reckoning has begun. Over 50 years ago, the Holy Ghost convicted me of sin and drew me unto repentance, and I surrendered my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And how absolutely marvelous a journey it has been. I journeyed through a host of circumstances, good and bad, and when I walked in faith, what appeared bad was actually the best. I can personally certify that Jesus Christ was surely with me all the way. Matthew twenty-eight twenty, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The promise is true. Many of you visiting today have yet to be born again, as Jesus directs in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again means born a second time, literally, but this time born of the Spirit of God. You were born the first time as the son or daughter of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, but when you are born again, you become a child of God. Are you interested in this Jesus Christ who will never leave thee nor forsake thee? Hebrews 13:5. Are you interested in this Jesus Christ whose blood will wash away all your sin and shame and will break all of Satan's bondages, the bigger the better? Are you interested in this Jesus Christ who will fill your life with marvelous eternal purpose and contentment? In just a few moments, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, you will participate in the greatest miracle man can know. This verse will be yours, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everything changes today. Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Job chapter 40, 15 through 17 and 19. Behold now, Behemoth, which I made with thee, he eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. God said, Job 41, verse 1, 14 through 15, 25 and 33. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings, they purify themselves. Upon earth there is not his like, who is made without fear. God said, Isaiah fourteen twenty nine. Rejoice not thou, whole Palestina, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root 
shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. God said, Jeremiah fifty-one thirty-four, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, hath devoured me. He hath crushed me. He hath made me an empty vessel. He hath swallowed me up like a dragon. He hath filled his belly with my delicates. He hath cast me out. Man said, I heard the Bible talks about the willingly ignorant, and that's me. I don't want to know what God has to say. He wouldn't condone the things I do. I don't want to know. I'll just take my chances. Makes sense, don't you think? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,132, that will once again certify the miraculous bona fides of God's beautiful book, His Holy Bible. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification, and as a platform from which to fish for the lost sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. Man and dinosaur, the terrible lizard, walk the earth together, and there is plenty of proof that says yes. Not so ancient arts, not so ancient history, not so ancient societal records in today's very recent latest discoveries testify that the dinosaur is not millions but rather only thousands of years in age, and walked contemporaneously alongside of man. The biblical record, of course, is true again. In 1848, Sir Richard Owen, a creationist, coined the word dinosaur, which meant terrible lizard. Prior to that time, the giant, fossilized creature that the new scientific field of paleontology was digging up were known by the biblical terms of dragon, behemoth, leviathan, fiery flying serpents, and cockatrice. Since 1841, or at least since Darwin, evolutionists have been busy expunging the record of any association between these biblical names and the giant reptilian creatures they've been digging up. Evolutionists Richard Lee Wanton tells us why. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, so we cannot allow a divine foot in the door, end quote. Unfortunately for the great unwashed, the divine foot is not only in the door, but it is the door, and all that pertains to all. Because these so-called wisest among us have refused to retain God in their knowledge, he has given them over to a reprobate mind, a worthless mind. Romans one twenty-eight, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge— God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Foundational information from previous God Said, Man Said features regarding dinosaurs follows. God Said, Man Said, Dinosaurs Update. During the 1656 years prior to the flood and the days of Noah, things were dramatically different. 
One of the major reasons for this difference is what creation scientists called a water canopy, and its description is found in Genesis 1, 6, and 7. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Firmament is heaven or space. There are three heavens. The space around us and the sky make up the first heaven. Outer space with the planets and stars is the second heaven. The third heaven is where God dwells, 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 5. God separated the water into two bodies by firmament. One body was under the firmament, covering the earth. The other body of water was above the firmament, sky. Thus the earth had, earth had two bodies of water, separated by space or firmament. It is important to note that prior to the flood, there was no record of rain, Genesis 2, 5, and 6. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, for there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Genesis seven eleven and 12. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the days of Noah, the water canopy was rained down upon the earth. According to scientists, a water canopy of that magnitude would have had very powerful benefits. One benefit would have been a greenhouse effect, making the whole world tropical. For, instance, uh, for example, excuse me, if you had a greenhouse, you could have tropical temperatures inside and frigid temperatures outside. So then the water canopy God describes in Genesis would have provided a balmy tropical temperature as one of its benefits and would have compassed the globe. Every day would have featured a beautiful, rainless, cloudless postcard perfect sky. However, immediately after God opened the windows of heaven and rained down that water canopy, the greenhouse effect ended and the north and south poles went into an immediate deep freeze. According to an AP science writer, and I quote, the frigid Arctic regions were as balmy as present-day Florida some 90 million years ago, according to researchers who found fossils in northern Canada of a crocodile-like animal. The AP science writer was only half right. Balmy temperatures, yes, 90 million years ago, no. In a book titled The Waters Above by author J.C. Dillow, the following excerpts were found. Baron Toll, the Arctic explorer, found remains of a saber-toothed tiger and a 90-foot plum tree with green leaves and ripe fruit on its branches over 600 miles north of the Arctic Circle and the New Siberian Islands. Today, the only vegetation that grows there is one-inch-high willow, end of quote. Again, Dillow reports. Dr. Jack A. Wolf, in a 1978 U.S. Geological Survey report, told that Alaska once teemed with tropical plants. He found evidence of mangroves, palm trees, Burmese lacquer trees, and groups of trees that now produce nutmeg 
and Makassar oil, end of quote. In southern Siberia and Alaska, there are an estimated 5 million elephant-like mammoths killed by flood and encased in ice and permafrost. Kellogg, an expert on ancient civilizations, recounts an ancient record which tells of a visible water, water heaven that was titillating with light. These ancient civilizations claimed this water heaven was the home of the gods and that it obstructed the power of the sun god. One day this water heaven was banished and cast down to the earth, after which the sun came riding through as the conqueror of heaven, the master of the wind and rain. Until the worldwide flood that took place in the days of Noah nearly 4,400 years ago, there was a water canopy above the firmament, which made the climate very balmy. Remember, every day was a beautiful, cloudless postcard sky. Another major benefit of this global water canopy was the filtering of ultraviolet killer rays from the sun, as well as other sun-related detriments. Ultraviolet radiation is a contributing factor for at least 60 major diseases, such as cancer, high blood pressure, strokes, Alzheimer's, Down syndrome, mental loss, and arteriosclerosis, just to name a few. A scientist recently offered his solution to the scientific community for the deadly effects astronauts experience from prolonged bombardment by UV rays. His solution? Five feet of water all around their habitation. Many of God's critics, being willingly unaware of the benefits of the water canopy, have ridiculed the tremendously long lives of those who lived before Noah's flood, before the end of the water canopy. Methuselah, the oldest Bible man who ever lived, reached the ancient age of 969 years. The average pre-Noah lifespan was 912 years, or 13 times longer than we live today. Imagine living in a perfect tropical atmosphere, perfect air, perfect water, perfect diet, without harmful effects from the sun. The obvious result would be a long, long, healthy life, 13 times longer. The famed historian Flavius Josephus, who wrote just after Christ's life here on the earth, recorded the lifespan of the ancients reaching up to a thousand years. He refers directly to ancient historians such as Manetho, Berossus, Marcus, Hestius, Hieronymus, Hesiod, Hecadius, Hellenicus, Acusilus, Ephorus, and Nicholas, who attest to these phenomenal lifespans. The pre-Noah water canopy is central to the explanation of what has perplexed many about the idea of a young 6,000-year-old earth and what happened to the dinosaurs. Immediately after the flood, man's lifespan began to drop until it settled at an average of three score and ten or seventy years. The dinosaur is a reptile, and it does something that we can't do. It never stops growing. And a field guide to reptiles and amphibians, which is part of the Peterson Field Guide series, sponsored by the National Audubon Society and National Wildlife Federation, I found the following statement. Size. Reptiles and amphibians may continue to grow as long as they live, rapidly at first, but more slowly after maturity. Hence, giant specimens may be encountered on very rare occasions, and the quote, the older it is, the bigger it gets. Remember, 
before the water canopy was eliminated, the average lifespan was 13 times longer than it is today. Remember, the air was pure, the water clean, and diet near perfect. There were no harmful rays from the sun, and the lifespan was 13 times longer. Consider the present-day Chinese iguana that grows as large as 12 feet long. Suppose before the flood, in a near-perfect environment, the iguana would have lived 13 times longer, and because it never stops growing, would become 13 times bigger. That Chinese iguana would be 156 feet long and about three stories tall. Dinosaur, terrible lizard. The dinosaur is simply a giant lizard, which was created by God in the same six-day span as man, end of quotes. God said, man said, more man and dino contemporaneously. In a June 2011 feature published in Acts and Facts titled Eyewitnesses to Extinction with the subhead, Testimonies to the Life and Death of Dinosaurs, we find the following excerpts. Those who claimed that dinosaurs could not have fit on the ark might recall that the average dinosaur size was on the order of that of a large dog. Even the massive dinosaurs started out from football-sized eggs, and juveniles of these groups could have easily been selected to board the life-saving vessel. What about the descendants of the dinosaurs that stepped off the ark after their year-long stay? Again, eyewitnesses, uh, eyewitness evidence confirms that dinosaurs lived for centuries after the flood. Many encounters with dragons were recorded as stories and ancient news and scholarly reports and in conquest uh, uh, records. St. George had to deal with the dragon in England. Alexander the Great's army encountered the dragon. Marco Polo recorded dragon dealings. Flavius Philostratus provided this sober account in the 3rd century A.D. The whole of India is girt with dragons of enormous size, for not only the marshes are full of them, but the mountains as well, and there is not a single ridge without one. Now the marsh kind are sluggish in their habits and are thirty cubits long, and they have no crest standing up on their heads. Pliny the Elder also referenced large dragons in India in his natural history. More recently, historian Bill Cooper described many ancient news accounts of dinosaur encounters from England and Europe, which to this day contain place names that reference the dragons that were once there, like Knocker's Hole, Dragon Horde, and Wormulo Tump. Similar accounts have been handed down orally within North, Central, and South American Indian groups. The fact that so many different peoples told the same details authenticates their testimony. The book Fossil Legends of the First Americans relays information about anatomy, habitat, and hero tales related to a water monster that grew so huge, a Pawnee giant raptor called Huhuk, a Yuki story of giant lizards that were so huge that they shook the earth, Sioux legends of Thunderbirds, and many other legends. The Chinese and over 200 other cultures have detailed stories about dragons. Why, if such creatures were only mythical beasts? The idea that post-flood dinosaur extinctions were recent and were mostly due to human encounters is consistent with what science has observed and is also consistent with the best historical sources eyewitness accounts, etc. 
The big questions about dinosaurs are explained well with the Bible's reliable history, end of quote. The dinosaur is simply a terrible lizard that in fact lived contemporaneously with man. These creatures were created by God in the same six-day period in which he created man just over 6,000 years ago. Exodus 20.11 reads, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. End of quote. God said, man said, Triceratops and more soft tissue shout yes to young earth. The dinosaur is evolution's favorite poster child. Museums the world over display the skeletons of these massive creatures, dazzling visitors. The message of the curator is one of millions and millions of years. Concerning the long-age claims of pseudoscience, Albert Ingalls had this to say regarding regarding apparent human footprints in the periodic Scientific American. If man or even his ape ancestor, or even that ape ancestor's early mammalian ancestor, existed as far back as in the uh, Carboniferous period in any shape, then the whole science of geology is so completely wrong that all the geologists will resign their jobs and take up truck driving. Hence, for the present at least, science rejects the attractive explanation that man made these mysterious prints in the mud of the Carboniferous period with his feet. Ancient cultures, along with not-so-ancient history, declare the dinosaur. From the Chinese, with their depiction and reverence of the colossal dragon, to the 216 sites of recorded dinosaur activity in England, the terrible lizard is proclaimed. Many places in England, for example, are named after these creatures with names such as Dragon's Green, Sharp Fight Meadow, Dragon Horde, and so on. Old records that read like a daily police blotter declare so matter-of-factly their encounters with the terrible lizards. The following accounts are again documented documented, by William Cooper in his book After the Flood. The giant reptile at Burris in Suffolk, for example, is known to us from a chronicle of the year 1405. Here's what it said. Close to the town of Burris, near Sudbury, there has lately appeared, the great hurt of the countryside, a dragon, vast in body, with a crested head, teeth like a saw, and a tail extending to an enormous length. Having slaughtered the shepherd of a flock, it devoured many sheep. After an unsuccessful attempt by local archers to kill the beast due to its impenetrable hide, in order to destroy him, all the country people around were summoned. But when the dragon saw that he was again to be assailed with arrows, he fled into a marsh or mere, and there hid himself among the long reeds and was no more to be seen. And in another excerpt, the early Britons, from whom the modern Welsh are descended, provide us with our earliest surviving European accounts of reptilian monsters, one of whom killed and devoured King Morvidus in 336 B.C. We are told by the account translated for us by Joffrey of Monmouth that the monster gulped down the body of Morvidus as a big fish swallows a little one. Joffrey described this animal as a beelu. 
Concerning Isaiah's account of fiery flying serpents, the elderly people of Penland, England, spoke of them as late as the early 1900s. Marie Trevelyan tells us the following. The woods around Penland Castle, Gamorgan, had the reputation of being frequented by winged serpents, and there were the terror of old and young alike. An aged inhabitant of Penland, who died a few years ago, said that in his boyhood the winged serpents were described as very beautiful. They were coiled when in repose and looked as if they were covered in jewels of all sorts. Some of them had crests sparkling with all colors of the rainbow. When disturbed, they glided swiftly, sparkling all over to their hiding places. When angry, they flew over people's heads with outspread wings, bright and sometimes with eyes too like the feathers in a, a peacock's tail. He said it was no old story invented to frighten children, but a real fact. His father and uncle had killed some of them, for they were as bad as foxes for poultry. The old man attributed the extinction of the winged serpents to the fact that they were terrors in the farmyards and coverts. Again from Cooper after the flood. The last monster to be destroyed by Bullwolf, and from which encounter Bullwolf also died in the year A.D. 583, was a flying reptile which lived on a promontory overlooking the sea, Heronisness, on the southern coast of Sweden. Now the Saxons, and presumably the Danes, knew flying reptiles in general as lithflogger, air flyers. But uh, this particular species of flying reptile, the species from Heronisness, was known to them as widflogger, literally a wide or far-ranging flyer, and the description that they have left us fits that of a giant pteranodon. Interestingly, the Saxons also described this creature as Ligdraca, or fire dragon, and he is described as 50 feet in length, or perhaps wingspan, and about 300 years of age. Great age is a common feature even among today's non-giant reptiles. Moreover, and of particular interest to us, the name Widflaga would have distinguished this particular species of flying reptile from another similar species which was capable of making only short flights. Such a creature was portrayed in a shield boss from the Sutton Hoo burial which shows a flying dragon with its wings folded along its sides. Its long tooth-filled jaws are readily seen and the shield boss can be seen to this day in its showcase at the British Museum. Modern paleontologists working from fossilized remains have named uh, such a creature pterodactyl. In a 1793 statistical account of Scotland, a sober government report read, In the end of November and beginning of December last, many of the country people observed dragons appearing in the north and flying rapidly towards the east, from which they concluded, and their conjectures were right, that boisterous weather would follow. Flying reptiles have been reported as recently as the early 1900s. Did dinosaurs live in the memory of man? The following excerpts referring to human footprints are from the periodical Scientific American and an article written by Albert Engels referred to earlier. The title is The Carboniferous Mystery. On sites reaching from Virginia and Pennsylvania, through Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, and westward toward the Rocky Mountains, prints 
similar to those shown above, he's referring to several accompanying pictures, and from five to ten inches long, have been found on the surface of exposed rocks, and more and more keep turning up as the years go by. Roland Bird, a paleontologist from the American Museum of Natural History, examined rocks bearing remarkable human footprints that were discovered in a Cretaceous, claimed to be around 100 million years old, limestone formation near Glen Rose, Texas. The following is his statement, as published in a 1939 issue of Natural History. Yes, they apparently were real enough, real as rock could be, the strangest things of their kind I'd ever seen. On the surface of each was splayed the near likeness of a human foot, perfect in every detail, but each imprint was 15 inches long, end quote. Genesis 6-4, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. When soft cellular tissue was found where it shouldn't be, evolutionists were forced to rethink positions. It just wasn't possible, not in 65 million year old and older fossilized bones. In the June 2005 issue of Acts and Facts, scientific researcher Frank Sherwin stated the following in the article, The Devastating Issue of Dinosaur Tissue. A recent discovery in the field of paleontology has sent shockwaves through the scientific community. Evolutionist Mary H. Schweitzer of North Carolina State University has discovered flexible blood vessels inside the fossilized thigh bone of a 68 to 70 million year old Tyrannosaurus rex from the Hell Creek Formation in eastern Montana. Further investigation revealed round microscopic structures that look to be cells inside the hollow vessels. Even to the untrained eye, the tissue samples looked as if the animal died recently. Fibrous protein material was dissolved with an enzyme called calogenes, indicating that amino acid sequencing could probably be done. Although it is too early to make definite statements regarding this stunning and wholly unexpected find, the evidence seems to indicate that T. rex fossil is, well, young. Young as in just centuries old, certainly not an age of millions of years. Indeed, Dr. Schweitzer said, I am quite aware that according to conventional wisdom and models of fossilization, these structures aren't supposed to be there, but there they are. I was pretty shocked, end of quote. Since Schweitzer's startling discover, soft tissue issues have multiplied into major problems from the camp of unbelief, being found in dinosaurs to marine turtles to frogs, end of quote. Science writer and author Vance Nelson traveled the world over, researching ancient artifacts, carvings, painting, textiles, and pottery that was all created long before the science of paleontology. These various artifacts all certify that man and dinosaurs walk side by side. A partial list of dinosaurs that Nelson discovered and published in his beautifully photographed hardcover book, Dire Dragons, part of the series Untold Secrets of Planet Earth, they follow. While you are considering this list, keep in mind that these artifacts date from 2000 B.C. to, six to the 1600s A.D. 
Seropod, United States, Hadrosaur, Mexico, Deinonychus, Mexico, Protoceratops, Peru, Moserus, Peru, Brachliophonosaurus, Peru, Tyrannosaurus rex, England, Carnosaurus, Sastri, England, Volcanodon, England, uh, Brachiotrachylopon, Maasai, Wales, uh, Colophus bari, Netherlands, Massospondylus, France, Platosaurus Engelhardi, France, uh, Hypsilophodon, France, Mysara, France, Albertosaurus, France, Protosaurus Spenry, France, Nothosaurus, Spain, Atenospondylus, Germany, Proterosuchus, Germany, Rebeltosaurus Calendary, Germany, Titanophonius Potens, Germany, Veronosaurus Toriostris, Belgium, Proterosuchus, Belgium, Ornitholestis, Italy, Prentisvale, Prentis, Georgia, Gracilisertops, China, Protoceratops, China. These dinosaur depictions and ancient artifacts span from 2000 B.C. to the 1600s A.D., which is all long, long before paleontologists began to dig. Vance Nelson concludes, If dinosaurs did live recently, then what happened to them? Where are they now? Since there are more verifiably authentic descriptions of dinosaurs and allegedly extinct reptiles in Europe than any other place on the planet, let's start in Europe to seek an answer to this question. Many amazingly accurate descriptions of reptiles from Permian and Triassic layers, as well as dinosaurs from Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous layers, have been found in artwork dating from the 1400s through the 1600s in Europe. A number of these show details which would require the artist to have had first-hand knowledge of the animals. In other words, they must have seen these animals either living or recently dead. In many cases, the accuracy is absolutely stunning, right down to precise details such as the exact size, correct shape of body, correct leg morphology, exact number of toes, correct head structure, etc., so how could European artists draw dinosaurs and other allegedly extinct creatures with such precision? There is really only one objective, logical possibility. The simplest answer is that these people were seeing dinosaurs and other allegedly extinct creatures alive or recently dead, which enabled them to draw them with such precision and accuracy. What's for certain is that dinosaurs did not die out 66 million years ago. Powerful positive evidence has accumulated, showing that the biblical account of history can indeed be trusted. Dinosaurs and man must have lived together recently. End of quotes. The dinosaur, the premier icon of the evolutionist, is just a terrible lizard, and yes, he walked with man. The final excerpt is from the God Said, Man Said feature, Dinosaurs and Man Contemporaneously. Finally, on the subject of age, leading evolutionary scholar Frederick Juniman had this to say in his article titled, titled Secular Catastrophism, printed in the Industrial Research and Development. There's been in recent years the horrible realization 
that radio decay rates are not as constant as previously thought, nor are they immune to environmental influences, and this could mean that atomic clocks are reset during some global disaster. Events which brought the Mesozoic, age of the dinosaurs, to a close may not be 65 million years old, but rather within the age and memory of man. End of quote. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Job 40, 15 through 17 and 19, Behold now behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. God said, Job chapter 41, verse 1, 14 through 15, 25 and 33. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, and shut up together is with a close seal. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings they purify themselves. Upon earth there is not his like, who is made without fear. God said Isaiah fourteen twenty nine, Rejoice not thou, whole Palestinia, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery, flying serpent. God said, Jeremiah fifty-one thirty-four, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, hath devoured me. He hath crushed me. He hath made me an empty vessel. He hath swallowed me up like a dragon. He hath filled his belly with my delicates. He hath cast me out. Man said, I heard the Bible talks about the willingly ignorant, and that's me. I don't want to know what God has to say. He wouldn't condone the things I do. I don't want to know. I'll just take my chances. Makes sense, don't you think? Now you have the record.